of all of the content around marketing advice for financial advisors, but it always applies to everybody. Even if you're listening to this, you're not in finance, you know, all the tips go industry agnostic. Mary Kate Gulick, who is the chief marketing officer at Carson Group, she's so smart and she makes things accessible. And she said this, this line during her talk about sharing your voice, which actually it focused on video, but certainly there were aspects about it, about podcasting. Here is the line that I wrote down and I said, I have to share with all of you. Mary Kate said, quote, in order to trust you, they have to like you. In order to like you, they have to know you, end quote. This is the know, like, and trust. And what she's talking about is content marketing. No one's going to know you if they can't find you. How are they going to find you through content? That's the way everything is discovered. It's advertising or organic content that is shared. We're not really getting information anywhere else at this point, 11 hours a day on screens. Social media has become the news. So you do have to do content marketing if you want to get your brand out there. Sometimes you can get by on word of mouth and steak dinners and old school tactics, and they can still work. But really, how are they going to know you if they don't feel like they know you? How do they feel like they know you? Because you're sharing and posting and you're in their feed. I'm not saying go into the feed unnecessarily or just to be there. Go and add value when you have something to add. In order to trust you, they have to like you. How are they going to like you? You have to act like a human being not a brand. Even if you are a brand online, make it human. These were some of the ideas that Mary-Kate shared. Carson Excel was, I think, my favorite conference I've been to in years. Everything about it, just if you're in the financial world, maybe you've been, maybe you know. George W. Bush gave a keynote that, regardless of your politics, was a masterclass in presenting a narrative, owning the stage, mixing brevity with levity and familiarity, which are the three things that make a podcast successful. As my friend Danny Fava says, they work on stage too. It was incredible. Just no, no screens allowed. No, it was like a, what do you call it? The private event. They take your phone when you go in, of course, because he's a past president. Interesting. I, I think I shared on Instagram and I'm private on Instagram. So just my friends or kind of colleagues follow me there. And I posted the screenshot of the schedule. George Bush speaking this afternoon. I put a little like Texas symbol because, hey, I'm from Austin. And one of my high school friends saw it and thumbed it down. I'm like, look, I know that when we were 15 and angry and protesting everything he did, that was a thing. And maybe it, it ruffles your feathers a little bit politically for whatever reason. At this point, the man is nearing 80. He's into painting. He's an incredible storyteller. Just we are so obsessed with being angry and outraged, and, and when we disagree with somebody, we have to let them know. What if you just close your mouth and listen and learn from their perspective? Because face it, you're not going to change any adult's mind. It is rare to change someone's mind. What you can do is learn from them. You don't have to change their mind. You know what's right in your mind. That's enough. <laughs> you're not going to convince others. That's not what this thing was about with him, though. I was talking with Tyrone Ross about, wow, just jaw-dropping how how much of a storyteller he was. And you know what else? He came across as a centered, confident man. He was very Texan in this way because, sure, there are things that other people have accused him of botching. Uh, he never defended himself. He certainly was humble, extremely humble. There was this other point on stage where he was talking about a story where he said, the one time in my political life that I really got rattled by somebody, and you guys remember the vitriol that was flown at him, like, for eight years, the vitriol. Depending on what area of the country you were in, you felt that hatred. And it was different from the current hatred because it was pre-social media. So it was, I mean, how did we perceive it? I guess it was all over the news and everybody was talking about it. But he said, 
he was at an event. This was after the 9-11 attacks. And some kid, maybe a teenager, early 20s, said something like across the rope. You caused the September 11th attacks. It's all your fault. And he said he, he just he saw red. He almost crossed the rope and punched the kid out. His, his agents held him back. And he's like, that was the time I almost lost control. And as he was telling that story, Nellie, the dog was on stage with him and Ron Carson. Nellie sensed his emotional upset when he was about to just tear up probably and came and comforted him. It was like, that's a $100,000 dog, clearly. Wow, Carson Excel. A plus all around. So great to see all of you who were there. And if you're enjoying the show, make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or hit the follow button on Spotify. You can also get this as a hands-free briefing on Alexa. If you go to emilybinder.com slash podcast, all the links are right there. emilybinder.com slash podcast. Talk to you next time.